The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. You're watching The Big Story with me, Hairianto Diman. Subscribe to The Straits Times channel so you will not miss a single episode. After more than two years of battling with the COVID-19, it's what we've been waiting for. Singapore moving decisively towards living with the virus, with a significant easing of measures from next Tuesday, March 29th. For an expert's perspective on today's announcements, I'm joined by Professor Tio Yik Ying, Dean of NUS Sosu Hock School of Public Health. Professor, for the first time since the pandemic, there's a decisive change to mask-wearing rules by making that optional outdoors. Is this surprising, considering the authorities have constantly stressed the importance of masking up? Thank you for having me back. No, it is not at all surprising because it all comes down to a risk assessment and really an analysis of the benefits versus the cost. And to be honest, this is the same for all the safe management measures we have until now. Many of these measures were introduced when Singapore was effectively aiming to eliminate COVID-19 within the country, or what we now call a zero COVID strategy. That's why we have the mask mandate, both indoors and outdoors. We were testing people aggressively, having all these border restrictions, testing before they bought the plane and testing them when they arrived. But now we are clearly moving towards a living with COVID-19 strategy. Many of these measures are no longer relevant. Wearing a mask outdoors will certainly still help to reduce the chance of an incidental infection. But really, I think we know that even though the possibility of this happening is not zero, the real chance of this happening is very low. So we are much more likely to be infected in indoors, air-conditioned environments. And also remember, with today's change, it doesn't mean that you cannot wear a mask outdoors. If you're still uncomfortable and you feel more secure with a mask when you're outdoors, do continue to do so to protect yourself. And at this point, people have asked me, how can me as a public health sp spokesperson advocate easing of safety measures, including outdoor mask wearing, that will expose people to the chance of a COVID infection? So my answer has always been very clear. Public health is never just about infection control and management, but public health is also about weighing different policy decisions. What are the advantages, disadvantages? What are the chances of different scenarios happening? Just like how we evaluate whether a cancer drug that costs half a million dollars a year should be administered to a single patient and whether that can be covered by the national subsidy. What is the opportunity cost? So equally, now we are talking about what are the opportunity costs to maintaining strict border control measures into Singapore, limiting activities in schools, concert halls, even mandating mask wearing outdoors, whether it continues to be necessary when we intend to live with COVID-19 for the long term. Professor, more easing for restaurants and bars as well, like the lifting of the 10.30pm alcohol ban. And Minister Lawrence Wong says authorities are looking into the safe resumption of nightlife businesses. Is Singapore in a good enough position for this sector to open up? And how can they safely do so? So if we look at what typically happens in the nightlife industry, the activities are likely to involve alcohol and almost certainly no patrons or service industry people will be keeping their mask on. So typically in nightclubs and bars, the majority of the activities are conducted in rooms that are air conditioned, potentially crowded, especially when they're dancing together or uh, and whether some of these halls or lounges may not actually be physically very large. It could be quite a small room. So taken together, the risk of COVID spreading within such settings 
is actually extremely high and is certainly one of the highest risk activities as we have seen from the beginning of the pandemic, not just in Singapore, but in outbreaks happening in South Korea, Thailand, Japan, and Hong Kong. So certainly, I expect Singapore to allow this sector to resume, especially with the Formula One coming up later in the year. But if you ask me this question, can the sector truly open up safely? Meaning to say, can all the regular nightlife activities resume without the risk of transmission for a highly contagious respiratory disease. And I have to be honest here, I don't think it can. Not with the nature of the business, or maybe perhaps I'm not creative enough to think how we can allow this. But what does this mean? Is that for Singapore to be ready to accept a certain degree of COVID infections happening at any point in time, when our healthcare workforce and hospitals are no longer at risk of being overwhelmed, because generally there's a degree of immunity in the population, whether acquired through vaccines or natural infection, that's when we are comfortable to allow the nightlife sector to open up again. And to be honest, I don't think that is actually too far away because we've gone through the peak in infection numbers in the past 10 weeks. There is a level of population immunity now to allow us to take bolder decisions. We just need to allow the time for the healthcare workforce and hospitals to regain some breathing space to resume a level of pre-COVID normalcy. And that's when we can allow the nightlife activities to resume. Professor Teo, thank you for your inputs. Professor Teo Yi Ying there from the Swaswee Hawk School of Public Health at NUS.